Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And I hope that your week at work or with the kids or whatever you're doing, because some of our listeners have kids. We only have like five True. listeners, but right, right. two of them are married to each other and they have kids. Right, exactly. Uh, I, I hope you've been enjoying it. While you've been doing that, I've been busy. I've been thinking <laughs> about a complete teardown and redesign of the National Basketball Association. Matt, I previewed it for him before we started. Yes. But the idea goes like this. We add two teams. And, and you add teams – to reduce wear and tear. And I know it seems like, oh, we're just going to be depleting the talent pool, but wait. So you add two teams. Now you got 32 teams, but you cut down to 76 games. And if you cut down to 76 games, the total number of in-game opportunities is 2,432 if you expand to 32 teams because each team has, you know, 76, 76 times 32. Yeah. And I recognize, as Matt pointed out, it's half the number of that in actual games played. That's not the total. Right, okay. But, but, yeah, I see where you're at. But each team can sell their TV rights for that many, that many games. Sure. You know, ESPN has two more teams to go to. You sure. get, for all the owners, okay, but you lose some amount of global revenue because you actually, I think, lose 28 total games. It nets out yeah. that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you get the expansion fees for two teams. And I think obviously one is Seattle. Yeah. I don't know how you Should would put be. a team anywhere but Seattle. Yeah. And given what we're seeing in hockey and the fact that gambling now is going to be nationwide on sports, so it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter – I think your other team is in Vegas. They've already got the arena there. Sure, sure. And you just follow, you know, the Bulls model or the Staples Center model and you work around hockey and basketball. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, there's plenty of arenas that are shared uh, by, you know, NHL and NBA. I think, you know, Washington does it. uh, Boston. Chicago, Boston. uh, Yeah, I mean, you know, the Rangers and the Knicks. I mean, there's there's a fair amount. There's probably a few others that I'm forgetting. I, I mean, don't, Staples Center does it with hockey and two teams. Staples does it with two basketball teams. Yeah, yeah, for the moment. Um, although I know there's talk of the Clippers getting their own place here soon. But um, just go to Anaheim, play yeah. at the pond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it could. Uh, you know, uh, the, that was thought of a long time back, back when they were at the sports arena, which is no longer in existence. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's a it's an interesting idea you throw out there. Um, you know, Vegas is certainly a, a real hot ticket right now because of what's going on with the NHL, the success it's had. And obviously, the Raiders are headed there in a couple of years. Um, so you'd think the NBA would want to get in on that uh, and and do it, you know, maybe relatively quickly. And, and Seattle makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons. Um, number one being they probably never should have left Seattle. Uh, you know, so uh, it's, it's definitely intriguing. And then you had... Uh, you had further developments on how you organize it. Right. So now you're at 32 teams. So you, you're going to have to reshuffle because yeah. you've got two teams coming that are going to be on the West. So Western right. conference, I think that means Memphis who shouldn't be in the West anyway, moves to the East. And I think you move the Timberwolves to the East. 
and you or New Orleans. Oh yeah, that's Maybe. a good one. Maybe New Orleans and Memphis. That's a good package. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I mean, just thinking of the teams in that division. Um, well, I mean, you take out the Pacific Division, obviously, because they're going to stay west. But you got your you got your three Texas teams. I think they probably all stay west. You got Memphis, New Orleans, and then you got the you know Portland, Utah, Denver. Those are west. Minnesota, like you mentioned, and I'm forgetting Oklahoma City. I guess you could you could maybe Oklahoma City, but probably New Orleans and, and Memphis are the furthest east geographically, I would think. Yeah. And it goes by field. Those are both east of the Mississippi, and I sure, think they are sure. the only two. I mean, New Orleans, I guess, I think the, so. the river lets out right, there. right there. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, it makes the most sense um, geographically, and you know, I mean, uh, New Orleans, you know, the, the the issue, and you talked about this a little in your, you know, so everybody's talking about how the East is so poor compared to the West for the last decade or so, um, you know, competitive balance. Neither one of those teams is a great team, but New Orleans does have, you know, one of the best players in the league right now. Um, you know, so maybe it would be a, a positive thing to move uh, those teams into the East and at least make it a little bit deeper in that conference. Yeah, well, at least until LeBron goes out west, and then yeah, who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows? Obviously, uh, you know, I, I always have said that cyclical. Now, it, it hasn't proven to be the last you know ten, fifteen years. The West has remained the superior conference for longer than I would have expected. Um, I don't know that you need to overreact to that, but some people have suggested you know getting rid of playoff seating by conference. I, I don't like that idea necessarily, but. Um, you know, it's a thought, and, and certainly, you know, part of what we talked about a little bit with this. Yeah, and then you know, you have NFL style. You could have the four division champions and four others, or you can just, since we're already doing this massive shift, go the direction that everyone seems to want to go, and go one to sixteen without regard yeah. to that. Yeah, which I. I I just don't love that idea because there's no way you can play a completely balanced schedule. You're going to have, uh, you know, East teams play the East more in division, and division, and you should. If you go by division, you should play your division opponents more. Um, so I, I think, uh, you know, I the one thing that would intrigue me about this, and I don't know if it would, you know, if you really did go to eight divisions of four teams each, um, you know, do you kind of go NHL style where you, you play, you know, the division winner plays the second place team in the division in the first round all the way throughout, and then, you you know, you feed in. I mean, that's what the NHL does. They don't do one through eight anymore. They do, you know, the division winners play their division. You have two wild cards that can come from either division, but top three from every division make it regardless. Um, leads to a lot of repetitive matchups. That's the down. I mean, Washington has played Pittsburgh, I think, four years in a row in this system because of the fact they're in the same division and they end up in the playoffs. So that's the downside of it, I suppose. And that is an excellent point. So the point you made is well taken that the NHL model could work here. And it's just, the idea is pretty far fetched. I recognize because we're doing a big overhaul, but I think you could get the owners to buy in because to the extent they're losing any revenue, you're going to get those expansion fees right away. And that's a huge, huge bonus to the current owners. And that's who would decide whether to do this. Yeah, and, the well, play- and, and you know you the know, players' union would like it because it's more guys. They um, would, and less games, which is something. Now, now, of course, the point that always gets brought up, 
got brought up in baseball recently when Anthony Rizzo said, you know, we should play less games. Are the players willing to take less money? Because they're going to. I mean, you're not going to make, you know, in, in the giant pool. I'm not saying the individual salaries, but in the giant pool, you're going to get less of it if there's less revenue. Um, but the idea you know, is, so, I'm not sure there would be that much less revenue because between there might not be between I mean, I, I selling yeah. more jerseys. Uh, the opportunity to sell the sponsorships, I, you know, I guess part of yeah. it is it's basketball revenue, and I'm not sure yeah. how much of it doesn't count. But it's two more TV deals. Yeah, um, it is. I mean, and in this, good, you know, a, we're we're seeing this with the WWE in this mad rush for live content. <laughs> yeah, um, you're right. Yeah, you know, yeah, very true, very true. I mean, it's interesting. Now, the, you know, the one question I guess I would have, and I'd have to, you know, somebody would have to do the math. Is like, you know. At that point, would you would you eliminate every interconference matchup twice a year? I would hate to see that as a you know as a fan. I mean, that's one great thing about the NBA is you know I know being in Phoenix that I will have a chance to see every team come through there that year. Now, I may not be able to go for my own, but every team's going to come through at least once. You have the same thing in Milwaukee. Yeah, um, the and NHL think, has kind of gotten away from that a little bit, where you don't always get every other conference team every single year. Uh, you know, I don't personally love that as much, but you know, I mean, it, you could do it, I suppose. I just selfishly, I guess, I would hate to see that go away. Well, I think what it is is it sacrifices or alters the balance on your conference. So, if you're the Knicks, okay, you'll get every West team through mm-hmm. Madison Square Garden once, and you'll travel to every West team once. Yeah. But then we're going to have to put a greater emphasis on games within, you know, your division. Yeah. So yeah. you'll still play the Celtics that much, but you might not see, you yeah. know, new Eastern Conference I mean, team Memphis more than once. Yeah, it'd be interesting because, doing you know, doing the math, thinking if you play, if you got 16 teams in each conference now, you play each team, each out-of-conference team twice, one home, one away, that's 32 games. You've got, what, 44 left yeah. to play your conference? So, yeah, 44 left to play know. 15. Yeah. So if you yeah, do one that, and one, so let's say you do one and one for the 12 that you're playing. So that's another 24. Okay. 24, you'd have 20 games left to play your division. You could even you could even parse it a little bit where, you know, kind of NFL style, uh, you know, you maybe do a rotation or something. One division, you play more. In a year. Well, I mean, you know, under that schedule, you leave what? You leave two games. So under yeah. that schedule, maybe what you do is you rotate by division uh, within your conference and you play two home and home yeah. with one, I mean, with whoever you was played, your equivalent, you know? Yeah. If you played your division teams, what, four, let's say four times each, mm-hmm. two home, two away, that's 12. Yeah. Plus the 24 we were talking about. So you still have, what, eight remaining games to fill in the schedule? Yeah. I, so, I, so you could do a home-and-home, home, two home-and-homes with one other division Yeah, yeah. each time. Play a little, you know, a rotating thing or something. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it could work. Um, I like the idea of a, of a little, of a few less games. I don't think that's a bad idea. You know, there have been some other things that have gotten thrown out as far as, you know, Less than 48 minutes, I, I don't think that should happen. Uh, I think 48 minutes is the right length of game. I don't think we should mess with that. Um, you know, but the idea of, of less games, I mean, I was I was not necessarily uh, against when they played 66 
a few years back after the lockout. Um, you know, they had to condense it, and I wouldn't necessarily have to, you know, scrunch it in as much as they did when they started after Christmas. But 66 games did give a feeling of urgency that isn't always felt in the NBA now. Well, and part of the players' argument is you need less games so they can be spread out more, and that, that league's right. already expanded the schedule to avoid four games in five nights and to try right. to cut down on back-to-backs. Um, this would just also do that more. It would. It would, it would, you know, yeah. it would release yeah. six more dates that you wouldn't need. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's uh, it's definitely interesting. Uh, you know, it's, it's a good good thought. You know, um, there's probably some, you know, as we talked about uh, before with other things, you know, there's always some unintended consequences of things like that that you think, oh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't anticipate that would happen. Well, um, I mean, I'm sure that part of it would be, okay, for example, TD Garden. The Bruins are the primary owner of the garden in Boston, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the Celtics are a tenant who rents a certain number of days right. and events. Well, are they break? I don't know. Are they breaking their lease, or are they going to be paying know. for six dates that they're not using? That they're not at. Well, three. I'd be three. Three dates. Sorry. Right? Yeah. I mean, you go to three less games home and away. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's a good question. I also did not know that was the case in Boston. The Bruins own that arena. It's the the Bruins are the primary tenant. All the Celtics offices are next huh. door. Wow, I would not have ever known that. I never heard that. That's that's interesting. You never you never would think that Celtics would would you know play second fiddle. I guess if that's the case. But yeah, I mean, in some ways, I guess they are. Well, I mean, and there's a workaround, and they've been doing this forever. But I, oh, sure, sure. But yeah, I mean, you just you know you think of teams like the Clippers doing that, like you know, oh yeah, the Lakers run the show, and you know, I I did not know that was the case with Boston. That's interesting. I wonder who it would be for. Um, the United Center. I would assume it's the Bulls. You but, would think, but the but Blackhawks are a valuable franchise, and they are. They are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, every every arena's got a little bit different. I mean, a lot of arenas are owned by, you know, like the the Cardinals don't own University of Phoenix Stadium. It's uh, you know, it's run and operated by the Sports and Tourism Authority. Uh, you know, so they're not really in charge. I mean, they're the primary tenant people think of, but they're not. You know, they're not in charge of the stadium. They don't have, and I think that's, you know, you, I don't know if you even, you know, but the last couple of years, they've been displaced in training camp by a concert in August. Um, if the Cardinals were in charge, I doubt they would probably consent to that all the time. Yeah. No, it's a good point. Uh, not everyone gets to have Jerry World where you can no, just exactly. do whatever yeah. you want. Yeah, I mean, you know, hey, just like, you know, what the Rams are going to have in L.A., they're going to have that stadium as they want it because – their owner's foot in the bill. So, you know, and that's why the Chargers have to play second fiddle to them. Yeah. Uh, you know, the NBA could stand some changes, but one thing that doesn't have to change is how great James Harden is no, and the fact no, that everyone that recognizes correct. it. Um, first team All-NBA as we're about to head into Game 5 in Houston tonight. Yeah. Um, on, on course... To be the MVP still. Yeah, yeah, I think it's uh, just a matter of, you know, waiting about a month till the award show. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, you know, when I read that today, and you know, we also, uh, we, we talked, I think, last week or two weeks ago about LeBron, and LeBron would probably, you know, get the record for most 
first team selections and he did uh, unanimous and so was James Harden um, you know I, I guess there's still times with James Harden where I kind of like put it in perspective in my own mind and think man four times now this guy's been first team all NBA I mean four times he's been voted one of the top five players in the league top two I, guards uh, in the league exactly yeah I mean I, I would not have ever um, anticipated that you know back when he played here I mean he was so good um, but it's it's kind of one of those that just uh, I mean I suppose people who went to Davidson when Steph Curry was there um, you know feel in some ways the same way like you know wow dude, we knew this guy was good but we didn't know how good I mean he is something else and, and as we talked about last time never thought he'd get to this level every level no. he's gotten to is a level beyond where I thought. When he was at yeah. ASU and as a freshman, it's, they gave him the ball, but he was, I don't want to say passive, but almost the unwilling star yeah. of the team. Yeah. And then by his sophomore year, he was in. He was, right. he was the leader, unquestioned. He was the Pac-10 player of the year in a very good Pac-10. Uh, I mean, that, that was some really good talent, as we've talked about in the late 2000s, how loaded the Pac-10 was. Um, but yeah, I mean, even then, uh, and even when he went number three overall, I did not think he was going to be this type of player. I mean, plenty of guys go in the top five, top 10, and they don't become MVPs, first team, all NBA, uh, you know, that kind of player. Um, no, I mean, being, and, uh, being six men of the year seemed like a, right. a great Which he got spot early in his career, you know, second, I think third, second or third year of his career, he got that with Oklahoma city. Um, but yeah, I mean, everything since then. You know, to be on the Olympic team, win a gold medal, win a world championship, um, you know, to be an MVP candidate, even, uh, you know, to be first team all NBA now to be the likely MVP. Um, I mean, it has it has really, you know, again, there's just times I, I put it into perspective and think, wow, this guy who, you know, we pinned a lot of our hopes on at ASU when he got here before he had ever played a single game. We, you and I, and a lot of others who are ASU fans thought, you know, boy, this guy needs to be really good. And he was. Um, and, and you know, but I don't think anybody in their wildest dreams thought he was going to be this good. It's great, you know. And, it, and the program's yeah. done a really good job of embracing him. You know, the basketball Twitter uh, for yes. ASU tweets every time he does something good, which is excellent uh, and yes. good marketing especially because we don't have many. No, we do not. <laughs> we do not. Yeah, I mean, like we talked about, uh, was it last time we talked when we discussed the basketball comparisons? And um, Yeah, I mean, he's, he's really it. Uh, do we have, I mean, am I, miss, am I forgetting someone? Do we have another player who was active this year? Not unless Carrick Felix made it out of training camp. Uh, yeah, and I don't know that he did. I mean, um, Pendergraf slash Ayers is no longer in the NBA. Um, you know, Jahi Carson never made it. Brzezinski never made it. Um, I don't think that we do. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely, you know, a, an example of having one shining star, you know, and, and I believe, uh, I mean, even though most people would probably say LeBron is the best player in the league, but very likely the, the award for the most valuable player, the best player in the league, if you want to say that, is going to this guy. So, hey, if you're only going to have one, might as well let that one be really good. And he is. 
Now, this is something that popped up, and I'm not sure if you saw it. Are you familiar with TBT, the basketball tournament, the $2 million? I've heard of it. Yeah, I don't know a ton about it, but I did see we have some a, XASU guys are, are we have a team. together a team. I'd, yes, like to, yes. I'd like to read you the roster. Okay. So there are two non-ASU guys. There is Julian Jacobs from USC and Ty Wesley okay. from Utah State. Okay. Then this is the ASU roster. This is the who's who of Sun Devils available for this game. Yeah, yeah. Bo Barnes, general manager and shooting guard. Okay. Jerry Blakes, point guard. Carrick Felix, small forward. Okay. Shaq McKissick, small forward. Ah, wow. And then our two bigs, Eric Jacobson and Jordan Bashinsky. Wow, okay. No some Jahi Carson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, some names I had forgotten over the years, or at least, you know, hadn't thought of for a few years. Jack McKissick, Bo Barnes, uh, you know. You, Jerry Blakes. They, they, yeah, exactly. I mean, they, they come and they go, and you kind of forget about them as time goes on. Um, yeah, But wow, no okay. Jahi Carson, no Ty Abbott, no Derek Glasser, guys who right. won some games. Would have been nice if Bo Barnes had invited them, but he didn't. Yeah, well, maybe he did and they didn't want to. I mean, Derek Glasser's probably living off his millions that he's got. So, you know, hey, he doesn't doesn't need that. Uh, The others, who knows? Uh, I mean, is Jahi Carson still playing overseas anywhere? I I mean, he was trying. I don't know what he – I haven't really heard anything about it for a couple years, I don't think. Yeah, I don't know. There are – so some of these guys have played um, overseas – uh, Bo Barnes has played overseas. Bashinsky's right. played overseas. Felix obviously had a cup of coffee yeah. in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, Jacobson overseas as well. Jahi uh, Carson. Uh, Jahi Carson is playing for Koroivos in the Greek professional league. Mm, okay. K R. Or I'm sorry. K O R O I V O S. Okay. Uh, he played in. I've not heard of them. He played okay. in the Canadian league last year, and yeah. the Turkish league the year before that. <laughs> so he's getting a lot of stamps on that passport. Yeah, he uh, he played. I think it looks like China, Serbia, Turkey, wow. Canada, and Greece now. Wow. Okay. Well, you know, hey, kick it around. Nothing wrong with that. You know, a lot of. There are worse jobs to have than getting paid to play basketball overseas. Yeah, uh, but earning a living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, who knows? Uh, but, but uh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know much about this tournament. I've heard of it in the last couple of years, um, and I heard that it, there's some ASU guys, uh, you know, that were forming a team or whatever. And, you know, hey, hopefully they'll equip themselves well. I mean, that's a collection of. Uh, how do I put it? Average players? Is that, is that fair? I, I mean, I think the best player, unquestionably, for his college time was Felix and Bashinsky. Yeah, I was going to say Bashinsky too, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, so, so, uh, you know, Felix played in the NBA a little bit. Nothing, no shame in that. Um, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't know how this game is played, uh, you know, style of it. To, you know, Bashinsky was a plotter. You know, if it's a, 
if it's a fast break style of league, which you think it probably is, because that's how a lot of basketball is played. I don't know how well Jordan Bashinsky fits into it, but you know, um, hey, put him in the paint, let it block some shots, get some rebounds. Why not? Uh, he did it well here. Yeah. Um, there a lot of different teams. So one cool thing that they're doing. The reason why I even started looking into this, yeah, is the Big East has gotten on board, and oh, really? Marquette is hosting a mini pod of Big East teams. Ah, I see. Four Big East teams are going to be playing at Marquette. It's Marquette, Georgetown, St. John's. You know, their alums are huh. going to are going to form a four pod, and they're going to play here. Okay, and there and there are guys who. You know, like Syracuse has a team. Yeah, I, I don't Probably think some recognizable names. Hakeem Warwick. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Treesh, Chris Joseph, okay. Deshante Riley, okay. James Sutherland, John Gillen, and Eric Devendorf. Oh wow! Okay, okay. The one of the stars of that six overtime classic against UConn a few years back. Mm-hmm. Who's on the St. John's team? Hold on, I will. I will try to find it for you. I want to know if Bootsy Thornton is, is still in my life. I was a big Bootsy Thornton fan. Let me. I'm trying to do this on the fly. See, this is what happens when we don't plan. That's okay. It's okay you if know, it doesn't work. I. I'm just curious. St. John's TBT team. I'm just going to have to go rely on the Google I, machine because if you can't I find it, no worries. Well, because I don't know their nickname. Everyone's got a nickname. Ah, uh, that's true. You know, yeah, Arkansas yeah. is Team Arkansas, thankfully, but like VCU is Ram Nation. The Syracuse team is Bayhounds Army. Yeah, I see. And honestly, Somebody, yeah, nobody can just you know do it basic. Yeah, I, I hope their name's like Red. I'm just going to search Red Storm Rising. Okay. Because. I would hope that that's it. <laughs> Although I don't know if they call themselves the Red Storm because I'm sure I that's trademark. Yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, can you use the actual name or whatever it might be? Yeah, I mean, probably not. I would think the Mill Rats. Is that? Could that be it? I don't know. Uh, jeez. All right. Well. It's all right. I'm gonna I'm I gonna try it. Mill Rats, although that feels like it should be an ASU one. Yes, it should. Maybe St. John's has a mill also, who knows? Do they call themselves the mill? That teams need to be more clear on what their unofficial secondary nickname yes. is. because uh, yeah, no team for that name either. You know what, no, St. John's? Okay. I'm not gonna find you. And No worries. All right. If you're listening and you're a St. John's person, tweet us the roster. Or if you're Greg Powell <laughs> and you're looking for like something to do. Just let me know if Bootsy Thornton is still around. Yeah. That's all I really want to know. I, I don't need the whole roster. I just need to know about the fate of Bootsy. Oh, give him the whole roster. He he, he says he doesn't want it. but I mean, if you want to, it's okay. But really, uh, I, I'm concerned about one person. Yeah. I don't know. The, the press release... Um, not that exciting for the uh, Big East no. teams because all the ones I'm seeing are just very Marquette centric because Marquette's hosting. Ah, I see. I got you. I got you. Uh, Phil yeah, Green I mean, the fourth is on the Johnnies. Mm, so okay. I don't know if that. I don't know him. 
But, you know, St. John's hasn't had a lot of good basketball the last 20 or so years. I'll tell I mean, you I'm this. asking about Bootsy Thornton. Bootsy Thornton might be 40 years old by now, <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it. Like, he was in college in the late 90s, early 2000s, I think. So he might be past his athletic window. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel good about it. I'll say that. I mean, uh, let's see. Okay, I'm looking him up right now as we talk. Yeah, he left St. John's in 2000. So let's say he left St. John's at age 21. He's 39. He's probably not playing. Probably not. God, that makes me realize how, okay, yeah, he's 40. I just found his age. So he, he might not be playing. I'm Although some say, of these guys play forever, who knows? I'm going to say he's not playing. Probably not. Speaking That's of right. guys whose names I can't remember, who was the guy on our, on our Carson team that went to the tournament? He was mm-hmm. a transfer from Penn State. We had him for one year. The guard. Oh. Um, Jermaine. Marshall. Marshall. Yes, thank you. Uh, okay. I, I was I was drawing a blank, too. But, yeah. Yeah, he was uh, the year we beat Arizona when they were number two in the country. He was on that team. Yeah, he replaced Gordon when Gordon transferred. Right. And Where did Gordon go? Uh, Indiana? Yeah, to be closer yeah. to uh, his brother, maybe? His younger brother never really took off like he was supposed to. Yeah. And wasn't his younger brother supposed to be great? Like, is he in college somewhere? I, I honestly, I, I don't know that I've heard about him. I assume he's not, because I feel like we would have heard. Let's see. Wasn't it Aaron, E-R-O-N? Sure. That sounds believable. I think so. He was with Seton Hall last year. But he's transferring. There's a story from April 30th of this year. Backup guard Aaron Gordon to transfer. Well, so backup guard doesn't sound great. No, so obviously he never became the... Cause remember when we got the... Was it Evan was the one that played here? Yeah. And the thought was like, you know, oh, this gives him a chance to get his younger brother. He's going to be the best of them all. Not really. Yeah, Gordon gave us that win in Colorado. That was his one yeah, highlight. Yeah, Gosh, boy, some of these names we're throwing out. Like, it hasn't been that long, but it feels like a long time. I guess that's basketball. I mean, football, you don't change as many people or at least the core guys don't change every year as much, but basketball, they do. Like, I mean, Evan Gordon won that long ago, but God, it feels like about 25 years. Yeah. So, I don't know. I feel good about the direction Hurley's got us pointed, you know, because oh, I don't sure. think we're going to be forgetting these names. You Hopefully know? not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's another reason why we forget, and, and I haven't forgotten you know, Ty Abbott and McMillan and Glasser and Kusix because they were part of that team that made the tournament. And Ship. Uh, right, Ship. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, they were, you know, they were also, admittedly, they were the guys that were there when we were in college. So we went to, you know, by our senior year, we went to almost every game and, you know, saw a lot of them. And now we, you know, we watch them on TV, but, you know, get as exposed to them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, some of these names and reasons we don't remember is because, A, they were here and gone. And some of those names I just mentioned were four-year guys. A lot of them were. Um, but also, they weren't part of great teams. They were part of some pretty average teams or below average. I think it's weird that we have an ASU team in this and there's no Goldstein. There's no Petit. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's not a single three point shooting foreigner. It's Bo Barnes. That's disappointing. Yeah, you know? yeah. Where is Rehard's acoustics in the when John Gilling? 
Right, right, yeah. Chad Goldstein. <laughs> what about Craig Austin? He's got to be kicking around somewhere now, right? Yeah. Is Taylor Rohde playing for the Anchorage team? <laughs> oh, boy, we had some bad basketball players, didn't we? Yeah. On the flip side, I would have really been excited if, like, Ike and Serge Angunu yes, were on this yes. team. Yeah, well, Serge was uh, – I think it was the UCLA game they did. Uh, I don't know what the purpose of it was, but, you know, some alumni gathering. And Serge was out there on the court at halftime. I, I was excited to hear his name. There were a lot of older guys that, you know, were before we went to school here. But Serge was out there. So I don't know what Ike's up to. Last time I heard, you know, anything about Ike, he was playing in the Olympics in 16 for Nigeria, if yeah, I recall. he's still playing for the Nigerian national team. Is he? Okay. Okay. I mean, so, you know. Kicked around for a long time. Hopefully saved his money from the NBA. Made some good money over the years. Yeah. There are plenty of guys who, if we were creating a team of guys who only ASU fans would know. Right. Like uh, Antwia Tuane. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yes. Yes. Yeah, no, there's there's a lot that uh, were, you know, here for a, a couple of years. Either a transfer or they transferred out of here and, or they transferred here and then transferred out like Evan Gordon. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, it, it's uh, a lot of names that don't resonate to very many people except people who followed ASU basketball closely. Yeah, they're playing. I feel, but I feel like if we do this, it's like that scene in American Pie where Jim Levenstein's talking about his good vocabulary and he's just saying big words. <laughs> like, because I yeah, feel like I could just yeah. sit here and say words and have you go like, uh huh, like change uh-huh. Creekmer, uh huh, right. sure. <laughs> Forgot about him. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, those are those are some random names, names that I've not thought of much in in a long time. And all this discussion, what it does to kind of you know where we started, it gives you an appreciation for James Harden because how many guys we had who were here and gone, and you forget about them. Uh, and even a guy like Ike, who was really really good. Conference Player of the Year, top ten pick, but did not go on to be what James Harden is. Uh, you know, had a, had a decent few years in the NBA. Uh, you know, made some money. Knee problems um, ended his you know, sure his injury. Team. You know, so it, it it just it gives you gives me an appreciation for just how you know amazing James Harden's career has been. Absolutely, it also gives me an appreciation for the recruiting job that I feel like Bobby Hurley's doing. Yes, yes. I, I certainly hope so. Yeah. Back when we were, you know, trying to talk ourselves into the uh, Kenny Martins and the other <laughs> six eight white guys from the valley that's as right. our big man that's of the right. future. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. That I, I know this has gotten a little far afield from where we started, but That's all right. It was important it's that we May. go down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you say it's May? I did, yeah. yeah. And that's, I mean, th- this is the time of year where, you know, we get far afield. We don't have a focus like we do in August through December. Yeah. I, I will say, I listened to uh, the new Malcolm Gladwell podcast that came out today, uh-huh. and it's about how, you know, in 1910 or whatever, we sort of had this inkling that black lung was bad and like yeah. inhaling coal dust was bad, but we didn't have a hundred percent definitive proof. And it was, it took 60 years for us to be like, Oh yeah, this is really bad now. Uh-huh. But, we, but we basically knew from 1910 on 
And he, the point he was drawing was, is that where we are with football? That, okay, now we know it's really bad for you. And we, and, and, but it's not like a hundred percent sure. We're just like yeah, small sample yeah. size. We're, we're pretty sure it's bad. I don't know. I mean, I see the comparison. I would say, I would say, and we, you know, I'm not the first to say this by any means. We've probably talked about it. The, you know, the, the wonder I have is the comparison between boxing and football, you know, um, because boxing, you know, obviously we've kind of come to the conclusion over decades that, it's you know it's not good for your long term health. Seen plenty of examples of that, um, and it's hurt the popularity of the sport to the point where it's it's you know barely even noticed for the most part. Um, I don't know if football's headed that way. I, I I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I mean, no one knows what the world's going to look like in 50 years, but you know the the uh, predictions of the demise of football have become kind of you know popular, and I think. People are rushing to it. It's it's still far and away the most popular sport in the country. Um, it may have taken a slight dent, but it's still the king, and and it isn't close. I suppose that that's true, but I wonder, you know, if our best athletes stop playing football. Well, yeah, and the I mean, product you, you diminishes. Know. Will it go hand in hand with the? It's not safe, like. I mean, I was never going to be one of the best athletes, but I grew up in a house where we were not allowed to play football. It was just a non-starter of a conversation for my mother. Yeah, yeah. And and honestly, I'm kind of thankful personally that that happened, and that's the view I would take. I'm sure I'm certain it's happening more. I don't think there's any doubt it's happening more than it than it did um, back when we were kids. You know, um, because the notion when we were kids, I don't know if it was the same. You know, but what I remember is you didn't think about football being dangerous in the sense that, oh, when you get to 50, you're going to have a, you know, degenerative brain. You thought, oh, you're going to break your leg. You're going to break your arm. You know, the the physical injuries that got better, and and so you're, you know, oh, you know, mom doesn't want me to play football. But it wasn't for long-term reasons. Unless, I mean, tell me if it was different. No, I mean, that was was never discussed. The idea Uh, was you were going to get hurt. You're going to get hurt. Yeah, because it's a physical sport and, you know, but no one, no one really worried. I mean, you know, we've talked about this. You go back and watch old broadcasts from our lifetime, not 1970s, but 1990s or 2000s when guys, you know, got dinged up. And, you know, we just sort of like, oh, he got dinged up. Oh, he's back in. We had a a whole segment on ESPN of jacked up. Right. Right. When we were in college, which, you know, wasn't that long ago longer ago than we might want to admit, but still wasn't that long ago. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, it, uh, it illustrates that, you know, the perception dirt certainly has changed and now we've got, you know, and, and so maybe you're right, you know, I mean, if, if, um, really good athletes, you know, stop being geared toward that sport, but that's something we're going to see slow and long term. It's not going to happen in one year. You know, you're not going to wake up in, in 2019 and football's popular in 2020. It's not. It's going to be a slow erosion if it happens at all. And maybe 20 years from now, we look up and say, boy, you can see where it started around the 2010s. But who knows? I don't I don't know if that's going to happen or not. It might. Yeah, it's one of those things where we're in, it, it sort of feels like we're in the middle of something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're definitely in the middle of a 
changing tide. I mean, the game is played differently. It's officiated differently than it used to be. Um, you know, we don't we don't celebrate those knockout hits anymore. I mean, guy, you know, like you said, you know, we had segments, we had highlight reels in stadiums, and you know, you had guys who made their reputations. Guys like Ronnie Lott, you know, made their oh, they were brutal hits. Well, now you know, guys like Ronnie Lott get suspended and get called dirty players. I mean, and Dominican Sue is a dirty player. Deacon Jones did it 50 years ago, and he's a legend. Basically the same things. Yeah, Times I, have changed I, I just don't recall Deacon, the story of Deacon Jones like kicking a guy in the groin. Well, we don't see, we don't have video of it, first of all. Yeah. We don't have, we don't have 25 different cameras on every game back in his era. But we yeah. do have moves that were outlawed simply because he did them. The head slap. I mean, yeah. you know, that, that was outlawed because it was his move, you know. So, I mean, you know, differences. But nonetheless, we, we you know, we do these NFL film shows about what a, you know, what a legend a guy like Deacon Jones is. But, you know, somebody does it now. It's, oh, we got to suspend that guy for four games. Yeah. Well, I mean, Reggie, okay. that I was mean, Reggie not, White's move was he would yeah, take his forearm yeah. and club the lineman in the head. And, I mean, things have to evolve and and they do, you know, and and. I'm not one of those people who thinks, you know, the game's gotten so soft and nobody has any physicality anymore. No. You know, I mean, things evolve and you have to make changes. The NFL is trying, so is college football. Things are going to continue to change. I think probably very likely within five years, maybe sooner, we won't see kickoffs anymore. Kind of feels like we're, you know, headed that direction pretty soon. I mean, that's so, what the, uh, that new league that Tempe right. has a team. There's no right. kickoffs. Right, you know, so you're you're seeing it more and more, and and um, and that's okay. I mean, the kickoff has become a mostly boring play because well, just it eliminates it so, the onsides kick, which is weird. It does, it does, and, and so you know the the league here, you know, the one that's you know the AAF. I know they've put in the the ability to like you know if you're trying to come back, you you know you go for it on a fourth and ten at your own thirty five, and you have one play to convert or something. You know, so kind of a a similar type of thing. Try to replace it at least. Although I um, bet statistically, you're a much better shot of converting fourth and ten than an onside. Than getting an onside kick. Well, and of course, my thought on that, you know, is how are you going to call pass interference? You know, are you going to? I mean, if you if you get a pass interference call, is that a first down? You keep the ball. Yeah. I mean, that's the you know, it's all fine and dandy to say you got to convert a fourth and ten, but nowadays in football, you get you know, seems like half the third down conversions are by penalty. And I'm exaggerating a bit, but, you know, so many times it's, you know, third and 15, incomplete pass, and, oh, there was a legal touching on the other side of the field. First down. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You know so, I don't know. What I mean, if, you, is, if you score a touchdown, is it a touchdown, or do you just get the ball? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, that's a good question, too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, do you put points on the board if you throw a 65-yard pass? If you throw a 50-yard pass, do you get it at the 15, or do you get it at the 45? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, and maybe they don't have the answers to that yet, but I do think we're headed in the direction of no kickoffs. Um, like I said, the play has become mostly boring because they've made it so advantageous to take a touchback that you know they've they've moved up the kickoff line. You get it at the 25 now, uh, so you don't often see kickoff returns anymore and when you do they, they usually you know go nowhere um so it'll be interesting uh, you know uh, things are changing and that's okay um 
are they going to change to the point where people start to tune out? Maybe, but they haven't quite yet. Maybe in small numbers, but that's it. Yeah, I mean, Gladwell's suggestion, for whatever it's worth, was if you are offended by it, you have to actually affirmatively stop. You have to sure. stop watching. You have to protest that it happens, that we don't care. Sure, sure. Um, and people have not done that yet. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, you know, there's been a lot of stories about the NFL ratings were down last year, and they were some, but uh, they were Super still— The Super Bowl was still dominant. The Super Bowl was still big, and, and you still look at, you know, the top— 10 sporting events of the year, you know, nine of them were NFL games, <laughs> you know, so even college football, how popular it is. And I, I prefer, I think college football to the NFL. I just, I get more excited by it. I look forward to it more. Um, it still pales in comparison to the numbers the NFL pulls in. Mm-hmm. No, it's absolutely true. Um, it's a juggernaut. It's just a question of it is. is this you a, know, I, are these cracks in the foundation or are these you know a leaky roof that and they certainly might be yeah yeah I mean I you know I've I've said for many years that you know Matt, the NFL Matt kept, I got to cut yes. you off because I'm getting a call from work so we're gonna pause here. but through the miracle of modern technology to our listeners my work call lasted a split second whereas for you <laughs> it lasted five minutes that's all right I'm still here so I don't know it, this this podcast is my fault it's been very busy on my end um but look it's free content you're getting it enjoy it that's right and it's fine um matt before we go uh do you want to talk briefly about the celtics in game five and what you expect will happen the rest of the way in the eastern conference finals well i mean you know, the Celtics have been such a, well, I guess you could say both teams, but really, you know, for the whole playoffs, the Celtics have been very different on the road and at home. And you, I mean, I keep expecting that to change. I thought it would change last night. I thought, you know, okay, Cleveland's going to go in there. They're going to win. They've, they've gotten it going. Well, it was like right back to game one and two. So I guess, you know, I would pick Cleveland to win game six and then uh, you know, it's hard to pick against Boston at home because they're 10-0 and at home in the playoffs. Um, but it's LeBron in the game. But it is LeBron, and you know, generally you pick the team with the best player. Um, but, you know, he, then then you have the question of, does it matter if he's the best player if they've got, you know, players two, three, four, five, and they probably do. Um, I don't know. <laughs> you know, if you're asking me what I think is going to happen, I, I guess I'd go with Boston because they're a game up. But it wouldn't surprise me if Cleveland could come back and win two in a row. Uh, you know, I mean, because they have LeBron. If you took LeBron off of them, I'd say they got no shot. But they have LeBron. He's, as we uh, just said, you know, the, the uh, 12-time first-team All-NBA guy. So you always give him a shot when you got a player like that. It makes you wonder, like, how good of a game could he have before it like before it's insurmountable for Boston. Like, well, I don't a know. I mean, 40 he had a point great triple double and he can lose. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I was going to say game two, he was incredible and they still got beat by double digits. So, um, I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's true. I mean, you know, we talk about how great he is and he is great, but you got to have other guys help out. Last night, Kevin Love was decent. Nobody else did anything. That's not going to win. I mean, you're, you're not going to win in the conference finals with two guys playing well. You're just not. I mean, I'm not saying you need, you know, 30-point nights from J.R. Smith and George Hill, but you need them to give you something. And last night, 
nobody gave them anything besides Love and LeBron. Yeah. I think that it's going to go back to Boston for Game 7, and, and then it's really, to me, a crapshoot. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see Cleveland win because they have LeBron James. Uh, but again, that's really the only reason you can say that because you look at the rest of the team, you look at the way they've played throughout the playoffs, uh, aside from a, you know, a couple of really good games against Toronto where they look great, and, and you say this team just isn't consistent. They, they're not you know, deep. They're not that talented. Um, and so you just don't know what you're going to get. I mean, that's what I guess makes it fun to watch them is you don't know what you're going to get from night to night. They come out tomorrow night, look great win by, you know, 30 points, or they could come out tomorrow night, throw up a stinker and get beat by 20, and neither one would really surprise you. Yeah, it, it, all of it's possible. Yeah, yeah. So we'll find out about that. Um, next week is going to be rough for recording, so we might do a little bonus this weekend uh, yes. just to tide you over. I know Kevin Brady cannot handle two in a week, so Kevin, <laughs> pace yourself. You'll be fine. Take a breath. Um, And also, I would be remiss if I did not point out, I hope they're still listening, uh, that for the pals, I I know from Elisa that Q is starting to drift back to being a U of A fan. I'm there with a hat or shirt if he needs it. I thought the Sparky doll would buy me a couple of years. Apparently not. It should have. Yeah. Yeah, Not even a full year. Yeah. I'm not above buying someone else's child's loyalty, though. Right, right. Uh, But until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben Matt Sportscast.